Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Sports Radio. 92.7 WFNZ emanating live from the Planet Kia Studios, the best place on the planet to buy a car. Visit them at East Independence Boulevard or online at planetkianc.com. Phone lines open 704-570-9610. Hit us there or on the FanDuel text line brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, 704-570-9610 on Twitter at Kyle Bailey Club. That's enough about me. It's been a busy day and this is one of those shows um, where for a long time I did a four-hour radio show. For the last year or two, I've done a three-hour radio show, and I love it. Um, it. But it's one of those days that I'm not sure I can quite get to everything, and that's okay. Uh, that's what we have guests for. Let's bring in Scott Fowler of the Charlotte Observer, longtime sports columnist. He's here to talk Hornets and Super Bowl and Panthers and a whole lot more. He's back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Scott Fowler, how you been, brother? Thank you for the time. Kyle, I'm very glad to be here. Following Steve Smith and Dale Curry is no prize, though. You've had a couple of big-time guests already today. Yeah, but you know what? You uh, you you add to it beautifully. You're you're the perfect way to uh, to jump into the five o'clock hour. So I appreciate that. And uh, there are a lot of places that we could start, but let, let's actually start with something that happened today. Uh, Mitch Kupchak authored what I thought was a pretty impressive trade deadline on Thursday, and here we are on Monday. News comes down that he's officially moving into an advisory role, and they're looking for a new GM and president of basketball operations. What do you make of the news, the timing of it, and overall, you know, being a bit reflective, the job that Mitch did here? Well, I think Mitch would tell you that he didn't accomplish his ultimate goal here because Mitch is a winner and, and was, I mean, good gracious, he's got 10 championship rings uh, based on his time as a at the Lakers, uh, mostly, you know, in their front office, and then also as a player. And that never came close to occurring here. That said, uh, he's had some impressive hits, uh, drafting LaMelo, drafting Brandon Miller. And like you, Kyle, I'd say he's going out with uh, a kind of a bang. I thought Thursday was, uh, you know, he did he did some nice things there. So that was, that was good. The timing doesn't surprise me. Uh, you know, it, it, it is probably time for this to happen, but was glad that he got to, you know, go through the final trade deadline in the last draft. What about his comments Friday with the press where he, he said, hey, ownership, new ownership, shockingly knowledgeable. And it sounded like they were pretty involved. What'd you make of that? I like it. Uh, although, you know, it's funny because we, we always talk about, oh, we don't want David Tepper to be too involved. right? And I, I'm as guilty of that as anyone. And so here now the new Hornets owners are very good, very involved. Uh, Rick Schnall seems to be on TV all the time. Uh, every time I go to a Hornets game, he's there. Uh, I think that's good. I mean, because Michael was pretty hands-off, right? I mean, he was on the phone a lot, but he wasn't in person very much at all. So I, I think the thing is you always want something different than what you have if it is not working. And it's not been working. So shockingly knowledgeable, I thought that was a plus. You, you've chronicled most of the meaningful sports moments in this history. And I, I don't think that what we saw Saturday is going to make a top 10 list necessarily, but um, as somebody who's pretty much seen it all, watching Seth Curry walk back into that arena wearing Dell's number 30 and suiting up for the Hornets for the first time. What'd you think of that? I really thought it was cool. Uh, I, I thought that was 
neat. And, uh, you know, I watched that game on TV, not in person, in part because I wanted to hear Dell's call of Seth as a Hornet. And uh, I, I, Dell is just so good at walking that line. He's had a lot of practice at it now over the years, calling his son's games, always a, as an opponent. Uh, but I just thought he, you know, he handled it well. Seth is going to handle it well. Seth, uh, Dell told me once about Seth, he's a classic middle child. Nothing ever riles him too much. When Steph was blowing up, Seth didn't care because he could still beat him sometimes in the backyard. And I think he's he's going to fit in just fine here. I don't know if that was a one-game wonder that they had on Saturday. It did look different, Kyle. I've been listening to your show all day. It did look very, very different. As you said, uh, can that energy level be sustained against a really good team tonight? It'd be interesting to see. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Scott Fowler, Charlotte Observer. He's with us here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Last thing on the Hornets, and I want to move on. Brandon Miller, uh, in the month of February, you've probably seen these numbers, but if you haven't, 25 points, five rebounds per game in the month of February, shooting 50% from the floor, 45 from three, 85 from the stripe. He leads all rookies in points, steals, and threes so far here in the month of February. And look, that's a smaller sample size. But man, he's been good since the Rozier trade. And he's been at least pretty good to good throughout this entire season. How right did they get this one? And has this maybe, you know, allowed them to look at, at roster building a little bit differently moving forward? I think so. I think, the, you know, the two things uh, you can guarantee next year that are going to happen is LaMelo and Brandon Miller will be here. And that, that's, you know, that's the basis. They'll start there and and build around uh, i have been pleasantly surprised by brandon miller i'm i'm all in on him as a player i mean he's i don't think defensively he's great yet i think he fouls a little too much but that's a minor quibble compared to all the good things he's uh he's bringing and it's true that rosier once rosier was traded uh brandon miller has gotten more shots by necessity and so he's shooting a bunch more and he's still I mean, shoot, the guy still's making it a high, high level. So I think this is this one. Uh, you know, really could be he could be their Bradley Beal or somebody like that, where he really is a a scorer for a long time here. Um, hey, Scott, I'd, I'd be a dummy and completely remiss not to mention Gerald Wallace being honored on Saturday night. Um, you know, that was one of the darker periods in Bobcats or Charlotte pro basketball history, but he was certainly a bright spot and a silver lining. And, you know, he got dealt away and months later, the, the, um, I guess the torch was passed to Kimball Walker, but what'd you think about them honoring him on Saturday night? And uh, how overdue was that? That was great. Uh, crash as, as everyone nicknamed him and he was fun to watch and you'd cringe. He'd be up there high and somebody be undercutting him because he was just up there higher than most people can get. And just threw his body around. Good to hear that deep, very white voice. Uh, he's still got that, and it sounded like he was doing a lot of good work and back in the community. So I was really, really glad to see that. I'm, I'm glad they are honoring their traditions here. You know, and this, I think it's their 35th year or something, and uh, and that part's cool. I just wish they had more uh, winning years to honor. Right? That's that's the one missing component. Scott Fowler, Charlotte Observer, he's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Uh, Super Bowl 58 came and went. I don't think it was. It, it wasn't titillating to a large swath of the audience for the first, let's say, two and a half, three quarters. But, man, it got good late. And the narratives today, you know them. Patrick Mahomes, is he in the conversation for greatest of all time? How don't you know the overtime rules? Travis Kelsey yelling at his head coach. Kyle Shanahan choked again. What, what's your preferred narrative today about the Super Bowl? 
Uh, Mahomes. I think I, Mahomes is – I picked uh, the Chiefs to win by a touchdown beforehand because I'm, I just never pick against Mahomes anymore. I just – he is, to me, um, you know, the, the NFL needs stars to drive it. And he is – he handles that mantle so gracefully to me. And he's just uh, just a, a absolute rocket ship. So I prefer to concentrate on that. I thought what Kelsey did, well, that was bad news for sure. Uh, Shanahan and the overtime rules. Honestly, I might take the ball first because the thing is, if they, you know, if you tie, it's not like college where everyone gets possession after possession and it's always even. If you both score field goals or touchdowns to begin with, then you get the ball third too. Although I did hear the Chiefs, if that had been the situation, would have gone for two. So maybe it would have just been a one possession thing. Regardless, I thought Mahomes won that game. More than the 49ers lost it. That's fair. No, I'm with you on that. And uh, speaking of the Super Bowl, I've said a lot about it. And, uh, you know, the, the team here is not involved. So let's talk about them. Uh, the Panthers have the absolute worst odds in the NFL for the Super Bowl next year, according to the odds makers. None of us expect them to be there. But uh, Dave Canales is here now. And you've, you and I have not caught up on the air since all that happened. What do you think about what they've done here? You know, doing it all over again, plugging in new pieces, Canales, Morgan, Brant Tillis. Is this the time they get it right? Well, I liked what Smitty said on your show earlier. Don't make more of it than what it is. Uh, I think they've taken some nice steps here. Uh, I mean, my first impressions of Canales, and I've, I've been around him now a little bit, uh, are good. Uh, Dan Morgan I've known for 20 years, and I know how hard he's going to work. But really, Dan Morgan is more important over the next four months than Canales. I mean, they have got to get some more players for Canales to coach and for Bryce Young to throw to and to protect him. And after that, we'll see. Where Canales, we're never going to be able to judge until he gets into the real games. Morgan, we're going to be able to judge a little earlier probably and see what you know what sort of magic he can concoct because they just need they just need some more players, Kyle. Oh, they do. <laughs> they need. <laughs> they do. They need several new players. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, speaking of of former of Carolina Panthers, though. I'm bouncing around here, but I want to touch a lot of things with you. When did it become clear to you, or maybe when did you think? I'm not even sure if this question applies in that way, but like, did you ever have a moment where you were like, yep, Julius Peppers is a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yeah, early. Uh, I think it was one time when he picked off a ball. It was that year, around 2004 or five. he had picked off a, I think a Michael Vick, like it was actually a fumble. He picked it off one-handed and returned it 60 yards for a touchdown. In that same year, I remember he picked off an interception and ran like 97 yards the other way. Uh, and so, I mean, early on, he felt everyone said, oh, this guy could be a Hall of Famer, could be a Hall of Famer, et cetera. I guess I didn't really know until he came back. And that season when he was about 37 and still had 11 or 12 sacks uh, at that age, he just put together so many great seasons. That was the thing with Julius. So many. He never led the NFL in sacks in a particular year, but he had, you know, what, a dozen or something of 10 or more. He just was unfailingly consistent. My favorite stat on Julius Peppers, 17 years, he missed two games because of injury. Two games in 17 years. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. All right, last thing, and I know there's something you want to talk about after that, but um, – we, we try to give the 49ers, the Charlotte 49ers, as much you know love around here as they're due, right? Uh, yep. And, boy, they're due some love these days. Aaron Fern, the interim tag was taken off him this morning. He's the next full-time head coach, men's basketball coach of the 49ers, the 14th in program history. 
Uh, I thought it was really cool, as you likely did last week, to see Bobby Lutz on the sideline at Halton, sold out, uh, televised game. And, you know, here they are having success that, that they haven't seen in quite some time since Bobby Lutz, as a matter of fact. What do you think of what they've done and, and what they did today to keep Aaron Fern long term? Liked it. Liked it. Uh, I think this was the, you know, I was I was a little surprised at the timing. Like, you could wait, I suppose, until you saw how the season played out. But Mike Hill thought the UNC's AD basically said, hey, uh, it's well, I've seen enough. We're going to do it. And uh, Aaron Fern, I mean, they have really turned it around. I went to that game with, you know, talked to Lutz. It's the first time he had been in the building in 14 years, which was just extraordinary to me. Uh, I know some 49ers fans joke about the Bobby Lutz curse, curse the last time they made it to the NCAA tournament 2005, 19 years ago. Uh, this team has a legit shot. I wouldn't say a great shot. They're going to have to win their conference tournament. But Fern, what he's done, uh, I mean, he deserves uh, the full-time job for sure. All right, last thing. You, you've got a cool interview podcast series over there at The Observer. I uh, know we know about it. A lot of your, your folks, our listeners also know about it. What's next up in that installment? Yeah, thanks uh, for asking. Uh, season three of Sports Legends of the Carolinas comes out on Wednesday. This is right on the eve of the Daytona 500. So we have the king, uh, Richard Petty, is uh, our first guest of this season. Just a, just such a fun interview. It'll be online Wednesday on charlotteobserver.com. Also be free in podcast form if you're a podcast person on Sports Legends of the Carolinas. But uh, Richard Petty, 86 years old and still really with it, Kyle. It was a fascinating conversation. Oh, I bet so. I bet so. It's a hell of a booking job. Well done, buddy. Scott, we appreciate you, my friend. We'll see you soon. Thanks so much. Bye. Anytime. Scott Fowler, Charlotte Observer with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. 704-570-9610. Hit us up on the FanDuel text line. Charlotte-born GJ says, Smitty not making it by the second ballot is criminal. Uh, I think that had something to do with Pep getting in this year personally. But uh, listen, I'll say this again. Rest assured, if Andre Johnson's in, Steve Smith will be in. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. You you can't. There's no excusing it. Oh, yeah. I, I think by the end of the decade, he'll be in. Uh, I think the law, unfortunately, the way he retired at the time he retired was a massive logjam area. There is outside of Larry Fitzgerald, when you look at, and that's in 2026, when you look at the Hall of Fame wide receiver potential, there's not as many. So I, I, I you got one out of the way this year, at least. Now it's basically a three-man race between him, him, Torrey Holt, and Reggie Wayne. Yep. Yep. I mean, it sounds like a long time into the decade. It's not, I mean, six years, but you know, I, I think. You're, you're certainly right about that. I agree with that. I think sooner, but Smitty will get in. Hey, when we come back, hear what Luke Keekley had to say at the Super Bowl about the new look Carolina Panthers. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. What's up? It's Walker Mail. Join Weston Walker from 12 to 3. We'll continue our Panthers position preview series talking about the O-line. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! CBS Sports, Jim Nance, Tony Romo on the call. That was the winning call of the Super Bowl last night. Patrick Mahomes gets his third in six tries. Uh, fourth appearance, by the way, in six years which is, as a starter, which is just ridiculous. And uh, the Chiefs win the game 25-22. Uh, last night, it was an overtime Super Bowl game. There's a lot that's been said about Kyle Shanahan and, 
and the job that he did and didn't do, not going to Christian McCaffrey enough late in the game and uh, all sorts of stuff. We're, we're taking your Super Bowl thoughts, of course, but uh, also thanking Scott Fowler of the Charlotte Observer for dropping by. And I also play that to point out that to say there was a split reaction to Tony Romo on the call last night, Smoke, I don't think I've ever seen the masses turn on a broadcaster the way that it seems that the NFL's masses have turned on Tony Romo in the last two years, but this year especially. I mean, you even said your mom was telling him to shut up on the TV last night. At least two to three times. I mean, he's, I mean, he's stepping on Jim Nance. He's singing songs going to break. I'm not offended by any of this, but it's just like, it, you know, it was very charming years ago when, you know, he was calling out plays ahead of time and people thought, oh, my God, look, look at this wizardry. Look what he's doing. And and I even got caught up in it. I was like, man, this is fun. He's calling out the plays. It's you know, it's a new era of broadcasting. And then fast forward a couple of years later, and it's like, oh, this is getting kind of old, man. It's like he's now he got comfortable to the point where he like, cause he wasn't singing the break during the first two to three years. No, but like ever since I'd say the pandemic year, I started noticing like, kind of seems off. Cause I remember he had a game to end the season uh, with Carolina and Tampa Bay, so they could get ready for for the Super Bowl being in Tampa Bay. It's just like something's off with him. And ever since then, it's just been getting worse and worse and worse. And even though, honestly, last night was one of his better performances, but still, by the time the second half, second half rolled around, he was doing his little thing, singing Adele very badly, by the way. Uh, and then just, he wouldn't shut up going to, it's like, dude, all right, you, you know, you got He's your role. stepping on Jim Nance yeah. a little bit, right? He's stepping on Jim Nance. And, and that, that that's the great... stuff you can't do. And that's why I wonder with Jim Nance, it's like, okay, does he really still enjoy working with Romo? Um, you know, I know Jim has stepped down from the final four in the NCAA tournament, but you know, how much, I know he wants to keep doing the masters, but how much more football is he going to do? Does he want to do it with Tony Romo? Does Tony want to keep doing it? And obviously for our purposes here, where does Greg Olson land? Um, because let's be real about this. I, they're going, Fox is going with Tom Brady. We all understand why it's Tom bleep and Brady. He's going to get the job, but I mean, Greg Olson I think he's going to be better than Tom no matter what, but Greg's already better than Tony Romo, right? Oh, yeah. Greg is already better at this than Tony Romo is. So if you're CBS, I'm not saying you got to fire Tony Romo, but aren't you looking for a way to maybe get to Greg Olson possibly? Considering how much they're paying Tony Romo, yes. And and especially if there's a a Jim Nance retirement in the not-too-distant future, I mean, could you look to pair Ian Eagle and Greg Olson as your new A-team for CBS? I would. I, I think it's a good idea. I, I get it. This is, um, you know, this is kind of inside baseball broadcasting stuff, but people like this stuff too. Like if I'm a network, if I'm paying Tony Romo $18 million a year and I see what Greg Olson is doing and I see he's about to become a free agent, it's like, I think I'm going to hit up Greg, see if we can get him in the building. Kind of like, you know, NBC got Mike Tirico in the building years ago before they started to pass the torch on certain things. Now, hopefully it goes better than that did. I was going to say, <laughs> they, 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 got, they got Mike Tirico in the booth and they just had him in a closet for a couple of years. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we got this guy. Uh, Al Michaels, you can go now. Sorry. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, man. 704-570-9610. Uh, Brian says, kind of changing the subject here, uh, says a lot of fans are going to blame Steve Wilkes for that 49ers loss. But there was nothing that man could have done that would have won them the game, especially when Mahomes is hot. I got to put a lot of blame on the 49ers offense. I, I mean, I don't I don't blame Steve Wilkes. And I'm not saying this because we like Steve or, you know, to say the politically correct thing or just to be nice to Steve. I don't blame Steve. Who blames Steve? They, they essentially played five quarters and they gave up 25 points, especially in today's NFL. That is very, very impressive. I, I mean, I. I don't blame Steve. No. 
Uh, hey, by, by the way, by the way, just want to remind you to, to take the you know blame off Steve. The 49ers got an interception to start the second half in plus territory, and the Niners did, and the offense did nothing with it. Yeah, I mean, Taylor D just said the game was over the minute San Francisco went to a soft defense at the end of the fourth and overtime. I, Taylor, I hear you, but and in terms of preference and what you'd like to see, maybe, but I don't know. I, somebody else said Steve sent way too many zero blitzes. I mean, you, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't against Patrick Mahomes. That's the problem. That's the, you, you sit back, you try to play coverage, you pick you apart. You know, you, you send pressure relentlessly. You know, if, if, it, if it gets picked up well enough, he's finding open receivers. That's why he's in the conversation today as the greatest of all time. I, period, for me anyway. I'm looking more at Kyle Shanahan. And uh, I, I kind of felt bad for the guy. Does, did, you, did, did any part of you feel bad for the guy in the second half? In some ways, yes. I, I, I not, not, I because, not because I find him to be a sympathetic figure. I don't need no, to cut no, you off, no. but because it's like watching somebody choke away the biggest game again, quote unquote. Even if you can argue with me that that's what he did, but it became clear in the fourth. Oh, they're not winning this game, and he's going to miss another opportunity in the Super Bowl with a double-digit lead to win a game, and that's all the conversation's going to be. It was honestly one of those situations where I, I until the post game, and I saw some of the quotes that came out until the post game. It's I'm like. Damn, it's just one of those scenarios where Patrick Mahomes is just him. Like, wh what else can you do? Because, I mean, you drew it up about as good as you can. And plus, you also had injuries play a massive factor in this. Poor Greenlaw just tears his Achilles just trying to run onto the field. He's just hopping on the sideline ah. after, a, I mean, they, they get off the field and all, just, boom, ruptured Achilles. That, that was yeah, sickening. I feel so sorry for him. Uh, I mean, he was hurt. Kittle got banged up. Debo got banged up. So on one hand, it's like, are right, you've been dealt a ton of injuries in this game and you're still in it and it's overtime. So it's like, oh, it's just Patrick Mahomes. But the moment that he and Kyle Juszczyk admitted, yeah, we didn't know about the overtime stuff. I'm like, oh, buddy, you just screwed yourself for the rest of the offseason. Yeah, I mean, you can. And the thing is, you can debate the tactic if you want to. Right. For my, my inherent response was, oh, I'm not giving Patrick Mahomes the ball second. Right. But you could argue the other one. That's fine. You can, you can argue the right tactic there. But the fact that the players are openly admitting that it wasn't even discussed is pretty wild because on the other side, Chiefs fans were Chiefs players rather were saying, oh, no, Coach Reed's been walking us through this every single week. And, and Kyle Juszczyk and others are like, no, we didn't talk about it. We didn't know it. So, I mean, there are a lot of things. Anytime a big game like this happens and it's close, we argue over what caused it, who lost the game, you know, coaching, execution, some combination thereof. But there was a lot last night. There was a lot. And I also asked the question to start the show. Is this the worst day that you can have as a sports fan? And it might seem obvious, but I think there are some other answers or, or you know, scenarios that are in the running. But is today the worst day as a sports fan? The day after your team loses in the title game? 704-570-9610. Is there a worse day in sports as a fan than the day after your team loses in the title? And I said earlier, I actually think Carolina losing to Kansas in the title game a couple of years ago isn't an exception because beating Duke was the ultimate fabric softener, right? That happened, and then like Tuesday after it happened, we had people calling the show, Carolina fans that are like, yeah, it sucked, but I'm all right with it. We beat Duke. Like, you, you don't hear that hardly anywhere else. So is today the worst day for a sports fan? Someone earlier said, well, it could be the day your favorite player retires or you know, it could be the day after your favorite program gets slapped with sanctions, but... I, I I think today's the day. The day. Today's the day that you cannot you you don't have it in you to tune into Sports Center to Sports Talk Radio. It just hurts too much. That and it's the end of football. And for for some people that's just flat out depressing. 704-570-9610. Cowboy Sean is up next on the phone line. Sean, what's going on, brother? How are you? Hey, what's up? What's up? How you doing? How you doing? Good. Um 
congratulations on Julius Peppers. I did not know he'd be first ballot. But what um, you, the guy you was interviewing, saying about Julius Peppers, I didn't know how great he was until he came back to Carolina at 37 years old, still getting double digit sacks. That was truly amazing. Truly, truly amazing. I'm yep. very happy for him and all that. And sooner or later, Steve Smith will get into um, um, probably next year, hopefully, hopefully, and all that. Yeah, and the Super Bowl. Um, I don't. Mm, the narrative about Brock Purdy is. I'm not the biggest fan of him. I think he played okay. Scale of one to ten, he's like a seven, seven and a half. He didn't, you know. He, he didn't cause him to lose, but he wasn't the reason that they won. I'm just I'll say it like that. Um the halftime show, yeah, I put Usher in top five. Really? Top three. Yeah. It was very good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Beyonce's first, two thousand thirteen. Um, Michael Jackson, of course, Prince. That and the first type of when it came to Bruno Mars. But yeah, okay. I like that one. I'm a, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a Bruno Mars guy too. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, Bruno unfortunately gets hurt by being in a crappy Super Bowl. Yeah, I, my first instinct was not to say, "Oh, Usher's one of the best performances of all time." I mean, I, I thought that Dre and Snoop was better than last night, personally. Yeah, but I enjoyed last night because that's my era, right? They should have. This should have honestly been the halftime show in Atlanta, but instead we got Maroon Five. Fair. I mean, that, that last night was the one, and you know somebody else came up with it. I'm just regurgitating somebody else's tweet or meme or whatever, but. Last night was one of those, like, if you never illegally downloaded the songs from that halftime show on LimeWire or Napster, then I don't really care about your opinion on the halftime show. I, I'm, I'm tongue-in-cheek. Like, give me your opinion if you'd like. By all means, send it. But, um, like, I, I came up on Usher. I knew Eric, the, the only thing I didn't love was that he had to stop every single hit, like, 30 seconds into the song. That was the only – you never you didn't get a full song at all. But it wasn't the end of the world. That and they teased us with Get Low and they didn't get to the course. Oh, yeah, that's true. I was like, oh, we're about to do it through the window. That's true. Oh. That and, you know, I mean, Luda, the pop that when Ludacris came on the stage, that pop was pretty amazing. You got your little John appearance. We haven't even talked about Alicia Keys yet. And then I'm, then I'm going to the phone lines. We haven't even talked about Alicia Keys yet. Um, awesome performance. That piano was fantastic. The embrace from Usher to Alicia Keys got a lot of people talking. Usher sure makes a lot of men nervous. I'm, I'm, well, and say I'm not going to lie. It stopped me in my tracks for a second, too. I was like, man, if that was my girl. But then I was like, no, nah, Swiss Beats probably be all right with that. He gets it. And then sure enough, Swiss Beats puts out a tweet this morning. He's like, no, it's all art, all love. We're all good. So I, everybody should get it. I thought it was a solid halftime show. That's about, you know, and, and it was nostalgic for me. Top three? Nah. I mean, that's still Prince, uh, Snoop Dogg, Dre, and all them. Hmm? Maybe. Hmm? Maybe Beyonce? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Beyonce. I still think Prince is number one. All right. That and the rain sets it apart. No Bruno Marsa. Let's go to the phone lines. Jersey Frank is back. Jersey Frank, what's going on, man? Hey, man. What's going on? Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. I didn't have a dog in the fight, as you know. So, uh, But you talk about the worst day in sports as a fan. Well, you obviously weren't a Dale Earnhardt fan for 20 years. Every Monday. No matter what the sponsor was that beat us, I'd have whether an interstate battery on my desk, I'd have Kodak film on my desk. You name it, I'd have it. Uh, so being an Earnhardt fan, it was a tough Monday. So, um, but the guy just before said about about who won the game, who lost the game. I'm a football guy, but no one can ever say who didn't win that game because who won the game was Patrick Mahomes. He's 
he's a freak. He's just, he's not normal. He's, I never see, I'm 57 years old. I ain't never seen someone play the quarterback position like him. He's just crazy. So, my two steps. Love it. Thank you, Frank. Appreciate the phone call. Um, I mean, the worst day, somebody earlier, or a couple of minutes ago, I think it was Jex, that said the only thing that might be worse is the day after your team relocates to another city. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, February of 2004 was a rough month for me, sports-wise. I'd say so. Because the Panthers lost Super Bowl 38, and I'm a six-year-old. My dad carried me to bed as I'm crying, looking at Adam Vinatieri and that punk Tom Brady getting the Super Bowl ring. <laughs> And then two weeks later, Tony Stewart is dominating the 500, and then Dale Jr. passes him, and I have to see Tony Stewart finish second, thinking, well, you know, he may have a shot next year, only to figure out he never wins the Daytona 500, despite being one of the best super speedway races of all time. It was rough. Yeah, the Daytona 500 year is kind of uh, bittersweet for me because it's NASCAR starting season, but then I get, you know, those flashbacks of Tony being so close but never winning the 500. Okay. All right, let's change the subject real quick. 704 number just said that, quote-unquote, Alicia off-keys. Boy, the start to her song was rough. Were you were you listening to the start? Yeah. Yeah, it was rough. She got she got, but then she collected herself very quickly. I don't know if that was nerves or just something stuck in her truck, but or in her truck and in, in her throat. Um, somebody texted me about a truck. I read the word truck. Is all it was. You just say truck and you just like zero My in. My mind goes straight to truck. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, PSL sucker back on the phone lines. What's up, man? How are you? Hey, that's a very interesting question you got about. Is this the worst day as a sports fan? And I can only speak from personal experience. The day after the Panthers lost the Super Bowl in 2015, I was deflated. But I got to say, virtually any random Panthers loss last season, I was despairing. I mean, there was no hope. So I would say uh, when you feel there's no hope for you as a sports fan, that's the worst emotion. You know, after you lose the Super Bowl, you think you can come back and win it again next year. Uh, I don't, yeah. I don't know, man. So what? So what? Now, just to be clear, what do you think is worse than this? Having no hope? Having absolutely no hope. I mean, total despair. I mean, at least you made it to the Super Bowl. I said to myself, well, you know, we'll, we'll make it to the playoffs again. You're deflated after you lose the Super Bowl. But, I mean, any random Panthers lost last year watching that team, I felt despair, mm. which is a way worse emotion that things would never get better. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Well, great phone calls always. Appreciate you, buddy. 704-570-9610. Speaking of, I think he said Taylor Swift. Or somebody did. Oh, Matt Greensboro said the millions of Swifties that tuned in had no idea who Usher is. That's what I was remembering. So, like, that was my era. As an older millennial, right, I was Usher, Luda, even though I thought Jermaine Dupree was CeeLo Green for a minute because he put on a few extra LBs. Uh, Jermaine Dupree, welcome to Atlanta. We'll still always have a place in the rotation. Alicia Keys, Lil John, all of it. Like, that's my era. And then I look up to the booth, and I know who Taylor Swift is. But, buddy, I could I don't have the first faintest idea who Ice Spice is. I did I I thought it was a Spice Girl. I got laughed at. I, I did I thought it was like a like a new Spice Girl who joined late or I didn't know, bro. You is there do I, stop laughing. Stop laughing at me. I'm I'm being vulnerable on the air. I'm 38 years old. I have reached that point in my life. This happens to everybody, by the way. Somewhere in your mid-30s, you shut off all, you close the doors to all new music, right? We, this happens. We talked about this. I am at that phase for myself personally, right? Everything from the 90s, aughts, and 2010s, that's enough to sustain me. 
So I'm looking up there. I'm like, Ice Spice. They keep referencing Ice Spice. I'm like, the Spice Girl's back together. Is she a new one? Just kind of like when they added to the Power Rangers, and there was like a new one that came in back. I didn't know. And then there was the other girl, Ashley Av- Avignon. Avignon. I think that's Miles Teller's. I have no idea. Wife? Ashley. Because I know who Ice Spice is. I Av- Av- Avignon. I couldn't tell you one of her songs. Lord helps if if Doja Cat was actually up there too. Because I, I I didn't know she was Taylor Swift's best friend. I saw her name on the screen. I was like, does that say Avril Lavigne for a minute? Like I didn't know what it, I didn't know who any of those people. And, were. and then there's random people in the booth. Like apparently, uh, CC Sabathia was up in the suite with them too. Mm. I was like, CC, what is CC Sabathia doing with Taylor Swift? <laughs> Someone's like, bro, come on, KB. I don't know who Ice Spice is. I'm admit I'm being vulnerable. I'm admitting to you that I'm getting old now. I didn't have a clue who Ice Spice was. All right, 704-570-9610. Let's go to smoke on the headlines. All right, got some news in the broadcasting world of basketball. What looked like after Doc Rivers left for the Milwaukee Bucks head coaching gig that it was going to stay a two-man booth uh, between uh, Doris Burke and Mike Breen for the finals. But no, it's going back to a three-man booth for the finals. Who's joining Doris and Mike? J.J. Reddick. I like it. I like it. I can applaud it. Um, just get in your seat. Stop it. Nobody needs you to go slap the floor like Steve Wojo. Get in your seat. Sorry. Sorry. What else? You get? I mean, it's a good thing, but you just ruined it for that Wojo impression. What else you got? All right. Moving over to NASCAR. We know the grand marshal of Sunday's event is going to be Dwayne The Rock Johnson. We also now know who will be waving the green flag. DJ Khaled. Another one. Or his first say, one in this case. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean... People say that uh, NASCAR doesn't bring celebrities. Last time I checked, uh, Dwayne DeRock Johnson's A-lister. And uh, DJ Collie, he's uh, he's pretty cool with it. All right. All right. Anything else real quick? Uh, yes. Actually, ACC Media Days this year at Charlotte and Uptown at the Hilton will be four days, Kyle. Four times the fun. You excited for this? Well, we got to make more time for Stanford, Cal, and SMU, right? We like SMU, though. Yeah, we, we do. They got money. We'll come back. We'll take a phone call or two. We'll also get around to playing that Luke Keekley audio for you. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Join Wes and Walker on Tuesday. Adam Alexander of NASCAR Race Hub joins us to preview the Daytona 500 on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. stage last night those of us who uh love a little luda on stage aka millennials and and you know some uh, gen x and gen z too don't you sneer at me i know you're allowed to like luda yeah and we want you to like ludicrous but he's ours all right yeah. generationally speaking ludicrous is ours that's all i meant by that because the weird thing is like luda's prime and usher's prime the back end of it ca- captured into the gen z era so yeah okay all right. I, was, I was surprised it's kind of weird seeing will i am just Show back up randomly last night, too. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, by the way, welcome back. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Wrapping up the show. We got Hornets pregame in 15 minutes. They take on the Pacers tonight, and you've got a renewed lease on Hornets life, so to speak. A renewed reason, I, I think, anyway, to care about the Hornets. A bunch of new guys coming in. Some Charlotte natives, Seth Curry, Grant Williams. Uh, then on the other side, Trey Williams. Trey Mann, rather. Trey Mann. Uh, Vasily Micic, Davies Bertans. All these guys contributing in Saturday's win over Memphis. They got the Pacers tonight in Uptown, 6 o'clock pregame. Make sure to stick around. I've got others on the text line, the FanDuel text line, uh, who are you know letting me know that it's okay, that I didn't know who Ice Spice was. 
I'm I'm okay with it, y'all. I'm not afraid of aging. I'm gonna age out of this stuff. I try to keep up as best I can, but I just when they said ice spice, I was like, oh, they're rebooting everything. They probably rebooted the ice the Spice Girls too. This is just a new Spice Girl. And they were like, no, 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 KB, she's a rapper. Some people are like, yeah, she's not very good. But others were like, you know, she only showed up on scene in 2021, so don't feel bad, which helps. Um, others said, hey, KB, what would you think about Post Malone rocking his Cowboys coat last night? Just fine. I, I think watching Post Malone make what appears to be a pivot from auto-tuned rap, hip-hop, R&B, however you want to characterize it, into like now his country phase? Is that, I think he's doing a country phase right I now. I think it's kind of like that, not full on, but I I mean, look at the clothes he was wearing yesterday. That looked real country to me. Oh, yeah. I mean, it seems like, uh, what uh, what's his name? I just lost it again. Kid Rock? No, Post Malone. Seems like Post Malone's going into a country phase, which is kind of weird. You don't see a whole lot of, you know, country headliners covered in face tattoos necessarily. He, well, I mean, Jelly Roll, but. Uh, I said you don't see a whole lot. Yeah, but yeah for sure. Uh, but isn't he from Texas, though? I mean, probably. I think his dad works for the Cowboys organization. I don't know. I, I thought the entertainment around the game last night was good. It was interesting. The game itself was good. It got better in the fourth quarter and overtime. It was a good experience. Uh, let's get a quick phone call in from John. John, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Thanks for calling. Hey, guys. Appreciate it. Hey, I got two names for you. Okay. Not necessarily involved just in sports of a particular genre, but the two names that stand out worldwide. And I think if there were a loss of either of these guys, it'd be it'd be a worldwide issue. Um, so one of them would be Michael, and the other would be Tiger. And the differences are: one was an incredible ambassador for a a sport in particular, and the other was a worldwide ambassador for golf. And just both of them, man, they're trans transcendental. And I think losing either one would be a, more than just a basic phenomenon. Oh, I, I agree with that. I mean, hell, I've, I I remember the day, we all do, right? The day and the days after Kobe Bryant died, right? So I think just remembering that, I think, serves to underscore your argument that that's exactly what that would be like. I appreciate you, John. Thank you, bud. Good phone call. 704-570-9610. Um, we're running out of time here. There's more I want to get into, but we have all week to do it. We have all week to do it. Um, a lot of good stuff. We didn't even get to the college basketball this weekend. Uh, Carolina with a quick start, then an ugly rest of the first half, letting Miami back in it. And uh, the Heels, though, doing enough to hold on and win it 75-72. That's all they needed to do in Coral Gables, and they did it. Um, my Hokies with a bad loss to Notre Dame over the weekend. Yeesh. It's bad, man. It's a really bad loss, and I don't really know what else to say about it. I think they're pretty much cooked at this point. Wake Forest got a big win on Saturday mm -hmm. um, against NC State. and Massive game tonight, too. Yeah. Yeah, we got some. It's heating up in the ACC, man. It is heating up in the ACC. And to your point, we got Wake Forest at Duke tonight from Cameron Indoor. It's another opportunity. Steve Forbes and company couldn't capitalize at the Dean Dome a couple of weeks ago. Can they get one tonight in Durham? I'm not going to bet on it, but we've seen crazier things happen. I wouldn't be shocked. If Pitt, could, uh, Pitt did it. it. I mean, Pitt did it. So, and I feel like Wake's a better team, obviously. And they're starting to get healthy. Monsanto's been back for a couple of games now. So, I wouldn't be shocked. Like, I'll put it to you like this. With the way that Phil Paskey's kind of been off and on, I wouldn't be shocked if they lose tonight to Wake Forest because Wake Forest, they're getting older too. And some of these guys, they're not just getting transfers that are going to be there for one and done, like Appleby and, uh, oh gosh, uh, the big man, Alondis Williams. Alondis Williams, yep. Yeah, and uh, uh, LaRavia as well. That Some of those guys that they got within the last year are now staying. Like Hildreth's been there for more than one year now. So uh, 
they're getting more veteran laden, and I think in games like that, that that could help them mightily. All right, we got to catch you up on what you've missed. It's time for the oh, we don't do, we don't do the rewind today. Oh, that's perfect. I didn't know. I thought we did the rewind today. We got more time to talk. Yeah. My bad. It's okay, Smoke. It's all right. All right Calm all right. down. <laughs> Smoke's like, what did I do? Did I do something? No, it's okay. I didn't hear you. I was, I was like, okay, all right. No, we're good. We're all good. Right. So we got more time to talk. That's perfect. Um, I do have some Gen Xers coming at me right now claiming all of last night's halftime show for their own. Uh, somebody said, uh, 803 number said, that's all right. Y'all can have Luda. We got Dr. Dre and Jay-Z signed Gen Xers. And then somebody else, Sweet Cheek, said they, Usher, Luda, Jermaine, belong to Gen X as they are Gen Xers. Sorry, get your own folks. Whoa. Whoa. How old is Ludacris now? Because I, I need to look into this. I think he's around 50. I know Lil Jon. I think. Oh, they might be right. No, they might be right. But it's about the, the era they inspired. I know. That's what I think, too. Like, it, he's, he's 46. He was born in 1977, like four years, because millennials start in 1981. Yeah. So he was for, but he entertained millennials, man. He's ours. I don't care what you say. I mean, Ludacris is ours. Seven zero four five seven zero ninety six. It's like Taylor Swift. She's more Gen Z, even though she's technically a millennial, even though her career technically started. Um, you think she's more Gen Z at this point? Yeah. I don't know, bro. I don't. When did the era tours happen? Where everything's all over the place? It was during. There's more Gen Zers into her. Okay. Let's like. Beyonce's millennial. Since we're not doing the rewind, let's at least fulfill a promise and play for folks what Luke Keekley said at the Super Bowl. So we get back to sports. It's an absolutely chaotic end to the show. This was Luke Keekley from the Super Bowl on Friday, NFL Total Access on Carolina under Dave Canales going into year two. You know, obviously last year wasn't the year that Bryce wanted, but there's a couple things that I think Bryce did a fantastic job of. I think his toughness really showed this year he got hit a lot he got hit a lot he got sacked a lot he was on the ground a lot but i'll tell you what he got up he ran off the field came back the next series it didn't affect him and then he showed up the next week as well so you got to believe he wasn't feeling great going in the games he was beat up but guess what he went out there he didn't complain he took the heat he answered questions with the media the guy can process he's super accurate he's super athletic man it's we, we got to get better everywhere. It's and everyone's keeps pointing at Bryce and saying, Hey, Bryce has got to be better, but we got to be better. We've got to be better all over the place. There you go. That was Luke Keekley at the Super Bowl on Friday with NFL total access. And we've been meaning to play that for like 25 minutes. So I at least wanted to fulfill my promise and get that in. We'll talk more about it tomorrow, but for now we got to go. And uh, we go with the Hornets pregame show coming up top of the hour, six o'clock, Travis T-Bone Hancock will join me. Hornets and Pacers tonight. Uh, it's the second opportunity to see all these new Charlotte Hornets. Michich, Bertans, Mann, Curry, Williams. Can they get back-to-back -back wins for the first time in... Uh, I think late November. We think. We'll find out next. For Smoke Ludwig, I'm Kyle Bailey. This is Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.